Hey, it's Otis here. Before we get to the bedtime reading, I wanted to let you know that I just launched a brand new show. It's called The Daily Book Club, a daytime companion to Sleepy, where you hear entire books one chapter at a time, one day at a time. Simple as that. So if Sleepy is how you uh, wind down your day, The Daily Book Club is a great way to start your day. There's new episodes daily. Uh, I read in a slightly peppier voice so that you can get really lost in these amazing stories that have stood the test of time. Or, just like Sleepy, you can sit back and relax and zone out to a good book. The first book we'll be reading is The Enchanted April by Elizabeth Von Arnhem. Story is, in the 1920s, four women unfulfilled with life take a chance and abscond to a dreamy medieval Italian castle. It's a story dripping with wisteria, the beauty of solitude, and an unlikely pursuit of joy in Portofino, Italy. I think that this is a perfect story for the season, and you can hear it now. Find The Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. This show has been a long time coming, and I'm so excited to bring you even more stories. So go subscribe to The Daily Book Club to hear what happens next. Thanks. This episode of Sleepy is proudly sponsored by ButcherBox. If you've listened to Sleepy for a while, you know that I love good food, eating well, and treating my body right so that I can take on my days. Well, ButcherBox helps you do exactly that. They deliver super high-quality, 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, crate-free pork, and wild-caught seafood right to your door. It's humanely raised, no antibiotics or added hormones, they have a huge variety to choose from. They are excellent deals. They've got recipes and guides and tips included. And there's free shipping, always. Eating well is a huge factor in getting a good night's sleep, as is sometimes saving the trip to the grocery store and taking some stress out of your daily schedule. I have been loving these deliveries for those reasons. Been cooking up their uh, steak tips with eggs in the morning with butter and scallions and soy sauce. And I also made a delicious brine chicken roast with lemon parsley gravy. So good. The prices for this kind of quality and convenience is really impressive. Uh, yeah, ButcherBox has made me very happy. So sign up at butcherbox.com sleepy and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com sleepy and use code sleepy to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Butcherbox.com sleepy. Eat well, sleep well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, and you're listening to Sleepy. A podcast where I read old books to help you get to sleep, and a proud member of the Airwave Podcast Network. 
I have got a wonderful snoozy bedtime story for you tonight. But before we get to tonight's reading, I just want to thank all of our patrons on Patreon.com. Lisa Scully, Linda Avra, Kathleen O'Neill, and Bethany Whiteley. Thank you all so, so much for being a part of making this show. And for anyone who doesn't know, all of these wonderful names that I just read are brand new patrons on Patreon.com, where you can go and support the Sleepy Podcast if it's helped you get a better night's rest or wake up more refreshed the next day. Even donating a dollar goes a really long way, and there's extra perks if you donate $5 a month, like all kinds of extra poetry readings that are not on the normal podcast feed. Regardless of how much you donate, I'll read your name in the opening credits of the next show after you do. So, if you'd like to be a part of Making the Sleepy Podcast too, just go to patreon.com slash sleepy radio. Thank you. And as always, the music you're hearing is by my good friend James Lepkowski, and the cover-up for Sleepy is by Gracie Kanan. Today is Mother's Day, so I want to give a very special shout out to all the moms that listen to the show. I know there are a lot of you that play the Sleepy Podcast both for yourself and for your kids to wind down for bed, and the messages that you've all sent me telling me that have been truly humbling and so amazing to receive. And if you are a mother, uh, I really do hope that this show helps you sleep because you definitely earn it on a daily basis. And of course, a huge shout out to my mom, Julie. In so many ways, she is the reason that I get to do what I do today. Reading on this show, making podcasts and radio, I really owe everything to her so big happy mother's day to my mom love you tonight we're going to be reading from anderson's fairy tales we're going to be reading a story called elder tree mother after i read the story it's going to play over again so that you can fall asleep and stay asleep to the rhythmic repetition of the story. So now is the time for you to fluff up your pillow just how you like it. Feel yourself melt into your bed. Get real comfortable. Close your eyes and let me read to you. Elder Tree Mother There was once a little boy who had taken cold by going out and getting his feet wet. No one could think how he managed to do so 
for the weather was quite dry. His mother undressed him and put him to bed. Then she brought in the teapot to make him a good cup of elder tea, which is so warming. At the same time, the friendly old man who lived all alone at the top of the house came in at the door. He had neither wife nor child, but he was very fond of children, and he knew so many fairy tales and stories that it was a pleasure to hear him talk. Now, if you drink your tea, said the mother, very likely you will have a story in the meantime. Yes, if I can only think of a new one to tell, said the old man. But how did the little fellow get his feet wet, asked he. Ah, said the mother, that we cannot find out. Will you tell me a story, asked the little boy. Yes, if you can tell me exactly how deep the gutter is in the little street through which you go to school. Just halfway up to my knee, said the boy. That is, if I stand in the deepest part. It is easy to see how we got our feet wet, said the old man. Well, now I suppose I ought to tell a story, but I don't know anymore. You can make one up, I know, said the boy. Mother says that you can turn everything you look at into a story, and everything, even that you touch. Ah, but that kind of tale and story is worth nothing. The real ones come of themselves. They knock at my forehead and say, here we are. Won't there be a knock soon? said the boy and his mother laughed while she put elder flowers in the teapot and poured boiling water over them oh do tell me a story yes if a story comes of itself but tales and stories are very grand they come only when it pleases them stop he cried all at once here we have it look there is a story in the teapot now. The little boy looked at the teapot and saw the lid raise itself gradually. Long branches sprouted out, even from the spout in all directions, till they became larger and larger, and there appeared a large elder tree covered with flowers, white and fresh. It spread itself even to the bed and pushed the curtains aside. And oh, how fragrant the blossoms smelled. In the midst of the tree sat a pleasant-looking old woman in a very strange dress. The dress was green like the leaves of the elder tree and was decorated with large white elder blossoms. It was not easy to tell whether the border was made of some kind of cloth or of real flowers. What is that woman's name? asked the boy. The Romans and the Greeks called her a dryad, said the old man, but we do not understand that name. In the quarter of the town where the sailors live, they call her Elder Tree Mother, and you must pay attention to her now and listen while you look at the beautiful tree. 
Just such a large blooming tree as this stands in the corner of a poor little yard. And under this tree, one bright sunny afternoon, sat two old people, a sailor and his wife. They had great-grandchildren and would soon celebrate their golden wedding, which is the 50th anniversary of the wedding day. As I suppose you know, and the elder tree mother sat in the tree and looked as pleased as she does now. I know when the golden wedding is to be, said she, but they did not hear her. They were talking of olden times. Do you remember, said the old sailor, when we were quite little and used to run about and play in the very same yard where we are now sitting and how he planted little twigs in one corner and made a garden. Yes, said the old woman. I remember it quite well. And how he watered the twigs, and one of them was a sprig of elder that took root and put forth green shoots until it became in time the great tree under which we old people are now seated. To be sure, he replied, and in that corner yonder stands the water butt in which I used to sail my boat that I had cut out on myself, and it sailed well too. But since then, I have learned a very different kind of sailing. Yes, but before that we went to school, said she, and then we were prepared for confirmation. How we both cried on that day. But in the afternoon, we went hand in hand up to the round tower and saw the view over Copenhagen and across the water. Then we went to Fredericksburg, where the king and queen were sailing in their beautiful boat on the river. But I had to sail on a very different voyage elsewhere and be away from home for years on long voyages, said the old sailor. Ah, yes, and I used to cry about you, said she, for I thought you must be dead and lying drowned at the bottom of the sea with the waves sweeping over you. And many a time have I got up in the night to see if the weathercock had turned. It turned often enough, but you came not. How well I remember one day. The rain was pouring down from the skies, and the man came to the house where I was in service to fetch away the dust. I went down to him with the dust box and stood for a moment at the door. What shocking weather it was. And while I stood there, the postman came up and brought me a letter from you. How that letter had traveled about. I tore it open and read it. I laughed and wept at the same time. I was so happy. It said that you were in warm countries where coffee berries grew and told what beautiful country it was and described many other wonderful things. So I stood, reading by the dustbin, with the rain pouring down, when all at once somebody came and clasped me around the waist. Yes. 
and you gave me such a box on the ears that they tingle, said the old man. I did not know it was you, she replied, but you had arrived as quickly as your letter, and you looked so handsome, and indeed, so you are still. You had a large yellow silk handkerchief in your pocket and a shiny hat on your head. You looked quite fine. And all the time, what weather it was and how dismal the street looked. And then do you remember, said he, when we were married and our first boy came, and then Marie and Niels and Peter and Hans Christian, Indeed I do, she replied, and they were all grown up, respectable men and women whom everyone likes. And now their children have little ones, said the old sailor. There are great-grandchildren for us, strong and healthy too. Was it not about this time of the year that we were married? Yes, and today is the golden wedding day said Elder Tree Mother, popping her head out just between two old people, and they thought it was a neighbor nodding to them. Then they looked at each other and clasped their hands together. Presently came their children and grandchildren, who knew very well that it was the golden wedding day. They had already wished them joy on that very morning, but the old people had forgotten it although they remembered so well all that happened many years before. And the elder tree smelled sweetly, and the setting sun shone upon the faces of the old people till they looked quite ruddy, and the youngest of their grandchildren danced round them joyfully and said they were going to have a feast in the evening, and there were to be hot potatoes. Then the elder tree mother nodded in the tree and cried, Hurrah, with all the rest. But that is not a story, said the little boy, who had been listening. Not till you understand it, said the old man. But let us ask the elder tree mother to explain it. It was not exactly a story, said the elder tree mother, but the story is coming now. And it is a true one. For out of truth grow the most wonderful stories, just as my beautiful elder bush has sprung out of the teapot. And then she took the little boy out of bed and laid him on her bosom. And the blooming branches of the elder closed over them so that they sat, as it were, in a leafy bower and the bower flew with them through the air in the most delightful manner. At once the elder tree mother changed to a beautiful young maiden. Her dress was still of the same green stuff, ornamented with a border of white elder blossoms, such as the elder tree mother had worn. In her bosom she wore an elder flower. A wreath of the same was entwined in her golden ringlets. Her large blue eyes were very beautiful to look at. She was the same age as the boy, and they kissed each other, 
and felt very happy. They left the arbor together hand in hand and found themselves in a beautiful flower garden which belonged to their home. On the green lawn their father's stick was tied up. There was life in this stick for the little ones, for no sooner did they place themselves upon it than the white knob changed into a pretty neighing head with a black flowing mane and four long slim legs sprang forth. The creature was strong and spirited and galloped with them round the grass plot. Hurrah, now we will ride many miles away, said the boy. We'll ride to the nobleman's estate where we went last year. Then they rode round the grass plot again, and the little maiden, who we know was elder tree mother, kept crying out, Now we are in the country. Do you see the farmhouse with a great baking oven which sticks out from the wall by the roadside? like a gigantic egg. There is an elder spreading its branches over it, and a cock is marching about and scratching for the chickens. See how he struts. Now we are near the church. There it stands on a hill, shaded by the great oak trees, one of which is half dead. See, here we are at the blacksmith's forge, how the fire burns. And the half-clad men are striking the hot iron with the hammer so that the sparks fly about. Now then, away to the nobleman's beautiful estate. And the boy saw all that the little girl spoke of as she sat behind him on the stick or a path before him. Although, they're only galloping round the grass plot. Then they played together on a sidewalk and raked up the earth to make a little garden. She took elder flowers out of her hair and planted them, and they grew just like those which she had heard the old people talking about and which they had planted in their young days. They walked about, hand in hand, too, just as the old people had done when they were children. And they did not go up the round tower, nor to Fredericksburg Garden. No. But the little girl seized the boy around their waist, and they rode all over the whole country. Sometimes it was spring, then summer, then autumn, and then winter followed while thousands of images were presented to the boy's eyes and heart. And the little girl constantly sang to him, you must never forget all this. And through their whole flight, the elder tree sent forth the sweetest fragrance. They passed roses and fresh beech trees, but the perfume of the elder tree was stronger than all for its flowers hung round the little maiden's heart, against which the boy so often leaned his head during their flight. It is beautiful here in the spring, said the maiden, as they stood in a grove of beech trees covered with fresh green leaves. At their feet 
the sweet-scented thyme and blushing anemone lay spread amid the green grass and delicate bloom. Oh, that it were always spring in the fragrant beech grove. Here it is delightful in summer, said the maiden, as they passed old knights' castles, telling of days gone by, and saw the high walls and pointed gables mirrored in the rivers beneath, where swans were sailing about and peeping into the cool green avenues. And the fields of corn waved to and fro like the sea. Red and yellow flowers grew among the ruins, and the hedges were covered with wild hops and blooming convolvulus. In the evening the moon rose round and full, and the haystacks and the meadows filled the air with their sweet scent. These were scenes never to be forgotten. It is lovely here also in autumn, said the little maiden, and then the scene changed. The sky appeared higher and more beautifully blue, while the forest glowed with colors of red, green, and gold. The hounds were off to the chase. Large flocks of wild birds flew screaming over the Huns' graves, where the blackberry bushes twined around old ruins. The dark blue sea was dotted with white sails, and in the barn sat old women, maidens and children, picking hops into a large tub. The young ones sang songs, and the old ones told fairy tales of wizards and witches. There could be nothing more pleasant than all this. Again said the maiden, it is beautiful here in winter. Then in a moment, all the trees were covered with hoarfrost, and they looked like white coral. The snow crackled beneath the feet, as if everyone had on new boots, and one shooting star after another fell from the sky. In warm rooms, there could be seen the Christmas trees decked out with presents and lighted up amid festivities and joy. In the country farmhouses, could be heard the sound of the violin, and there were games for apples so that even the poorest child could say it is beautiful in winter. Beautiful indeed were all the scenes which the maiden showed to the little boy, and always around them floated the fragrance of the elder blossom, and ever above them waved the red flag with the white cross under which the old seaman had sailed. The boy, who had become a youth and had gone as a sailor, out into the wide world and sailed to warm countries where the coffee grew and to whom the little girl had given an elder blossom from her bosom for a keepsake when she took leave of him, placed the flower in his hymn book. And when he opened it in foreign lands, he always turned to the spot where this flower of remembrance lay. The more he looked at it, the fresher it appeared. He could, as it were, breathe the home-like fragrance of the woods 
and see the little girl looking at him with clear blue eyes from between the petals of the flower and hear her whispering. It is beautiful here at home in spring and summer and autumn and winter. While hundreds of these home scenes pass through his memory. Many years passed, and he was now an old man seated with his old wife under an elder tree in full blossom. They were holding each other's hands, just as the great-grandfather and grandmother had done, and spoke as they did of olden times and of the golden wedding. The little maiden with the blue eyes and the elder blossoms in her hair sat in the tree and nodded to them and said, Today is the golden wedding. And then she took two flowers out of her wreath and kissed them. And they shone first like silver and then like gold. And as she placed them on the heads of the old people, each flower became a golden crown. And there they sat like a king and queen under the sweetly scented tree, which still looked like an elder bush. Then he related to his old wife the story of the elder tree mother, just as he had heard it told when he was a little boy. And they both fancied it very much like their own story, especially in some parts which they liked the best. Well, and so it is, said the little maiden. Some call me Elder Tree Mother, others call me a dryad. But my real name is Memory. It is I who sit in the tree as it grows and grows, and I can think of the past and relate many things. Let me see if you still preserve the flower. Then the old man opened his hymn book and there lay the elder flower as fresh as if it had only just been placed there. And memory nodded, and the two old people with the golden crowns on their heads sat in the red glow of the evening sunlight and closed their eyes, and, and, the story was ended. The little boy lay in his bed, and did not quite know whether he had been dreaming or listening to a story. The teapot stood on the table, but no elder bush grew out of it, and the old man who had really told the tale was on the threshold and just going out at the door. How beautiful it was, said the little boy. Mother, I have been to warm countries. I can quite believe it, said his mother. When anyone drinks two full cups of elderflower tea, he may well get into warm countries. And then she covered him up, that he should not take cold. You have slept well, while I have been disputing with the old man as to whether it was a real story or a fairy legend. And where is the elder tree mother? Asked the boy. She's in the teapot, 
said the mother, and there she may stay. Elder Tree Mother There was once a little boy who had taken cold by going out and getting his feet wet. No one could think how he managed to do so, for the weather was quite dry. His mother undressed him and put him to bed. Then she brought in the teapot to make him a good cup of elder tea, which is so warming. At the same time, the friendly old man who lived all alone at the top of the house came in at the door. He had neither wife nor child, but he was very fond of children and he knew so many fairy tales and stories that it was a pleasure to hear him talk. Now, if you drink your tea, said the mother, very likely you will have a story in the meantime. Yes, if I can only think of a new one to tell, said the old man. But how did the little fellow get his feet wet, asked he. Ah, said the mother, that we cannot find out. Will you tell me a story? Asked the little boy. Yes, if you can tell me exactly how deep the gutter is in the little street through which you go to school. Just halfway up to my knee, said the boy. That is, if I stand in the deepest part. It is easy to see how we got our feet wet, said the old man. Well, now I suppose I ought to tell a story, but I don't know anymore. You can make one up, I know, said the boy. Mother says that you can turn everything you look at into a story, and everything, even that you touch. Ah, but that kind of tale and story is worth nothing. The real ones come of themselves. They knock at my forehead and say, here we are. Won't there be a knock soon, said the boy. And his mother laughed while she put elder flowers in the teapot and poured boiling water over them. Oh, do tell me a story. Yes, if a story comes of itself. But tales and stories are very grand. They come only when it pleases them. Stop. He cried all at once. Here we have it. Look, there is a story in the teapot now. The little boy looked at the teapot and saw the lid raise itself gradually. Long branches sprouted out, even from the spout in all directions, till they became larger and larger. And there appeared a large elder tree, covered with flowers, white and fresh. It spread itself even to the bed and pushed the curtains aside. And oh, how fragrant the blossoms smelled. In the midst of the tree sat a pleasant-looking old woman in a very strange dress. The dress was green like the leaves of the elder tree and was decorated with large white elder blossoms. It was not easy to tell whether the border was made of 
some kind of cloth or of real flowers. What is that woman's name? asked the boy. The Romans and the Greeks called her a dryad, said the old man, but we do not understand that name. In the quarter of the town where the sailors live, they call her Elder Tree Mother, and you must pay attention to her now and listen while you look at the beautiful tree. Just such a large blooming tree as this stands in the corner of a poor little yard, and under this tree, one bright sunny afternoon, sat two old people, a sailor and his wife. They had great-grandchildren and would soon celebrate their golden wedding, which is the 50th anniversary of the wedding day, as I suppose you know, and the elder tree mother sat in the tree and looked as pleased as she does now. I know when the golden wedding is to be, said she, but they did not hear her. They were talking of olden times. Do you remember, said the old sailor, when we were quite little and used to run about and play in the very same yard where we are now sitting and how we planted little twigs in one corner and made a garden? Yes, said the old woman. I remember it quite well. And how we watered the twigs and one of them was a sprig of elder that took root and put forth green shoots until it became in time the great tree under which we old people are now seated. To be sure, he replied, and in that corner yonder stands the water butt in which I used to sail my boat that I had cut out all myself, and it sailed well too. But since then, I have learned a very different kind of sailing. Yes, but before that we went to school, said she, and then we were prepared for confirmation. How we both cried on that day. But in the afternoon, we went hand in hand up to the round tower and saw the view over Copenhagen and across the water. Then we went to Fredericksburg, where the king and queen were sailing in their beautiful boat on the river. But I had to sail on a very different voyage elsewhere and be away from home for years on long voyages, said the old sailor. Ah, yes, and I used to cry about you, said she, for I thought you must be dead and lying drowned at the bottom of the sea with the waves sweeping over you. And many a time have I got up in the night to see if the weathercock had turned. It turned often enough, but you came not. How well I remember one day. The rain was pouring down from the skies, and the man came to the house where I was in service to fetch away the dust. I went down to him with the dust box and stood for a moment at the door. What shocking weather it was. And while I stood there, the postman came up and brought me a letter from you. How that letter had traveled about. I tore it open 
and read it. I laughed and wept at the same time. I was so happy. It said that you were in warm countries where coffee berries grew and told what beautiful country it was and described many other wonderful things. So I stood, reading by the dustbin, with the rain pouring down, when all at once somebody came and clasped me around the waist. Yes, and you gave me such a box on the ears that they tingled, said the old man. I did not know it was you, she replied, but you had arrived as quickly as your letter, and you looked so handsome, and indeed, so you are still. You had a large yellow silk handkerchief in your pocket and a shiny hat on your head. You looked quite fine. And all the time, what weather it was and how dismal the street looked. And then do you remember, said he, when we were married and our first boy came, and then Marie and Niels and Peter and Hans Christian, Indeed I do, she replied, and they were all grown up, respectable men and women whom everyone likes. And now their children have little ones, said the old sailor. There are great-grandchildren for us, strong and healthy too. Was it not about this time of the year that we were married? Yes, and today is the golden wedding day said Elder Tree Mother, popping her head out just between two old people, and they thought it was a neighbor nodding to them. Then they looked at each other and clasped their hands together. Presently came their children and grandchildren, who knew very well that it was the golden wedding day. They had already wished them joy on that very morning, but the old people had forgotten it although they remembered so well all that happened many years before. And the elder tree smelled sweetly, and the setting sun shone upon the faces of the old people till they looked quite ruddy, and the youngest of their grandchildren danced round them joyfully and said they were going to have a feast in the evening, and there were to be hot potatoes. Then the elder tree mother nodded in the tree and cried, Hurrah, with all the rest. But that is not a story, said the little boy, who had been listening. Not till you understand it, said the old man. But let us ask the elder tree mother to explain it. It was not exactly a story, said the elder tree mother, but the story is coming now and it is a true one. For out of truth grow the most wonderful stories, just as my beautiful elder bush has sprung out of the teapot. And then she took the little boy out of bed and laid him on her bosom, and the blooming branches of the elder closed over them so that they sat, as it were, in a leafy bower and the bower flew with them through the air in the most delightful manner. 
that once the elder tree mother changed to a beautiful young maiden. Her dress was still of the same green stuff, ornamented with a border of white elder blossoms, such as the elder tree mother had worn. In her bosom, she wore an elder flower. A wreath of the same was entwined in her golden ringlets. Her large blue eyes were very beautiful to look at. She was the same age as the boy, and they kissed each other and felt very happy. They left the arbor together hand in hand and found themselves in a beautiful flower garden which belonged to their home. On the green lawn their father's stick was tied up. There was life in this stick for the little ones, for no sooner did they place themselves upon it than the white knob changed into a pretty neighing head the black flowing mane, and four long slim legs sprang forth. The creature was strong and spirited, and galloped with them round the grass plot. Hurrah, now we will ride many miles away, said the boy. We'll ride to the nobleman's estate, where we went last year. Then they rode round the grass plot again, and the little maiden, who we know was Elder Tree Mother, kept crying out, Now we are in the country. Do you see the farmhouse with a great baking oven which sticks out from the wall by the roadside like a gigantic egg? There is an elder spreading its branches over it, and a cock is marching about and scratching for the chickens. See how he struts. Now we are near the church. There it stands on a hill, shaded by the great oak trees, one of which is half dead. See, here we are at the blacksmith's forge, how the fire burns. And the half-clad men are striking the hot iron with the hammer so that the sparks fly about. Now then, away to the nobleman's beautiful estate. And the boy saw all that the little girl spoke of as she sat behind him on the stick for a path before him, although they were only galloping round the grass plot. Then they played together on a sidewalk and raked up the earth to make a little garden. She took elder flowers out of her hair and planted them, and they grew just like those which she had heard the old people talking about, and which they had planted in their young days. They walked about hand in hand, too, just as the old people had done when they were children, and they did not go up the round tower nor to Fredericksburg Garden. No. But the little girl seized the boy around their waist and they rode all over the whole country. Sometimes it was spring, then summer, then autumn, and then winter followed, while thousands of images were presented to the boy's eyes and heart. And the little girl constantly sang to him, you must never forget all this. And through their whole flight, 
the elder tree sent forth the sweetest fragrance. They passed roses and fresh beech trees, but the perfume of the elder tree was stronger than all, for its flowers hung round the little maiden's heart, against which the boy so often leaned his head during their flight. It is beautiful here in the spring, said the maiden, as they stood in a grove of beech trees covered with fresh green leaves. At their feet, the sweet-scented thyme and blushing anemone lay spread amid the green grass and delicate bloom. Oh, that it were always spring in the fragrant beech grove. Here it is delightful in summer, said the maiden, as they passed old knights' castles, telling of days gone by, and saw the high walls and pointed gables mirrored in the rivers beneath, where swans were sailing about and peeping into the cool green avenues. And the fields of corn waved to and fro like the sea. Red and yellow flowers grew among the ruins, and the hedges were covered with wild hops and blooming convolvulus. In the evening the moon rose round and full, and the haystacks and the meadows filled the air with their sweet scent. These were scenes never to be forgotten. It is lovely here also in autumn, said the little maiden, and then the scene changed. The sky appeared higher and more beautifully blue, while the forest glowed with colors of red, green, and gold. The hounds were off to the chase. Large flocks of wild birds flew screaming over the Huns' graves, where the blackberry bushes twined around old ruins. The dark blue sea was dotted with white sail, and in the barn sat old women, maidens and children, picking hops into a large tub. The young ones sang songs, and the old ones told fairy tales of wizards and witches. There could be nothing more pleasant than all this. Again, said the maiden, it is beautiful here in winter. Then in a moment, all the trees were covered with hoarfrost, and they looked like white coral. The snow crackled beneath the feet as if everyone had on new boots and one shooting star after another fell from the sky. In warm rooms, there could be seen the Christmas trees decked out with presents and lighted up amid festivities and joy. In the country farmhouses, could be heard the sound of the violin and there were games for apples so that even the poorest child could say it is beautiful in winter. Beautiful indeed were all the scenes which the maiden showed to the little boy, and always around them floated the fragrance of the elder blossom, and ever above them waved the red flag with the white cross under which the old seaman had sailed. The boy, who had become a youth and had gone as a sailor, out into the wide world 
and sailed to warm countries where the coffee grew, and to whom the little girl had given an elder blossom from her bosom for a keepsake when she took leave of him, placed the flower in his hymn book. And when he opened it in foreign lands, he always turned to the spot where this flower of remembrance lay. The more he looked at it, the fresher it appeared. He could, as it were, breathe the home-like fragrance of the woods and see the little girl looking at him with clear blue eyes from between the petals of the flower and hear her whispering, It is beautiful here at home in spring and summer and autumn and winter. While hundreds of these home scenes pass through his memory. Many years passed, and he was now an old man seated with his old wife under an elder tree in full blossom. They were holding each other's hands, just as the great grandfather and grandmother had done, and spoke as they did of olden times and of the golden wedding. The little maiden with the blue eyes and the elder blossoms in her hair sat in the tree and nodded to them and said, Today is the golden wedding. And then she took two flowers out of her wreath and kissed them. And they shone first like silver and then like gold. And as she placed them on the heads of the old people, each flower became a golden crown. And there they sat, like a king and queen under the sweetly scented tree, which still looked like an elder bush. Then he related to his old wife the story of the elder tree mother, just as he had heard it told when he was a little boy. And they both fancied it very much like their own story, especially in some parts which they liked the best. Well, and so it is, said the little maiden. Some call me Elder Tree Mother, others call me a dryad. But my real name is Memory. It is I who sit in the tree as it grows and grows, and I can think of the past and relate many things. Let me see if you still preserve the flower. Then the old man opened his hymn book, and there lay the elder flower as fresh as if it had only just been placed there. And memory nodded, and the two old people with the golden crowns on their heads sat in the red glow of the evening sunlight and closed their eyes, and, and, the story was ended. The little boy lay in his bed, and did not quite know whether he had been dreaming or listening to a story. The teapot stood on the table, but no elder bush grew out of it, and the old man, who had really told the tale, was on the threshold, and just going out at the door. How beautiful it was, said the little boy. Mother, I have been to warm countries. 
I can quite believe it, said his mother. When anyone drinks two full cups of elderflower tea, he may well get into warm countries. And then she covered him up, that he should not take cold. You have slept well, while I have been disputing with the old man as to whether it was a real story or a fairy legend. And where is the elder tree mother? asked the boy. She's in the teapot, said the mother, and there she may stay. Thank you for listening to Sleepy. Good night.